We're still doing this podcast thing, right? Like, there's still a thing. What? <laughs> <laughs> That's the first thing we do when we record. Yeah. We record. So we're not doing this, right? This is still a thing. Should we like introduce the podcast and then talk about this? No. No. Okay. <laughs> Start, just go. We're done. It's part. like Spider Man, everyone knows the origin story now. Just go. Yeah. <laughs> well, we could, you know, I've seen people do it. We could call it like a season, right? So we had a bit of a break. We had some downtime. This is the start of season two. Yeah. You know, back, bringing back to our roots where we just talk shit and drink and are idiots. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. all I can do. Episode one, bitches. Season nine, go. <laughs> all right it's the board game together podcast yay no. yeah shane what are we doing yeah what's Why happening is it on me? what's on the calendar you know the stuff yeah no i don't i don't know what you're talking all right, about let's me. work let's work through right what are we doing on wednesday on wednesday Saturday. we have well, what, what are we doing great the ferret gotta be the ferret have, yeah. right and then that's uh i'm gonna t gonna learn how to play scholars you are. You are going to be one of the very few, Mr. G Money, that are going to learn how to play scholars. Yep. So On I... a real live game of it. Not not TTS, uh, not BGA, none of that bullshit. Hey, we have a physical live copy. Can I just ask, is my wife still invited back to the ferret next week? Absolutely she is. <laughs> okay. Is she coming? No, not this time. <laughs> Why? What happened? Uh, I made her apologise to her boss who drove her home. I, I offered to drive her home, but I was pretty drunk at the same yeah. time. <laughs> the board game Chinwag podcast does not contain uh, alcohol. Drinking, driving. Drinking or, driving. Yeah. <laughs> Please consume responsibly. Yeah, No, she uh, she did not consume responsibly. So she was hilarious when she got And I drank stuff. her whole espresso martini too, in one hit. Espresso? <laughs> so. That's the one I bought for her. Yeah. <laughs> She did not drink it. Oh, wow. And then the time had gone past when it was... Noted. The time had gone past from when it was prepped until when it was warm. And then there was no choice. I just necked the whole thing. You're a machine. Well, Turns out I like coffee, too. Yeah. And then walked home, right, G-Money? No, I drove home. I only hit, like, two people, so it was good. <laughs> and one of them was a deer, so it doesn't really matter. <laughs> Doe, a deer? Yeah. Um, oh, ferret again. I'll learn how to play scholars leading into BrizCon, right? No, well, BrizCon's not this weekend. It's the no, 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 no. Yeah. Well, let's be honest. BrizCon happened seven weeks ago when you're listening to this podcast. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We had a really good time. Thanks, everybody, for coming. <laughs> and I realised, and I don't know if Steve's picked up on this yet, but scholars is not a game for you. I'll, I'll I'll make that decision when it turns up after after I've uh, kickstarted it. So Mate, you've got to work the color wheel. With oh, dice. actually, yeah, oh. no, no. Actually, <laughs> bizarrely enough, it does um, because the way they did the, the primaries, dice, they, did the, yes. they did the they did the primary colors and they did like the translucent colors for the for the mixes. So it's like a, so it's it'll be quite easy to define which dice are which because. They're like solid for the primary colours and like translucent for the mixed. So, so okay this comes that. back to me forgetting that you're colourblind? Oh, yeah. Big right. Time. Okay. Yeah. Well, not that you forget, but yes, big time I am colourblind. Yes. Right. Yeah. 
So. Or Shane just really doesn't want to and, share. And, and, and in the previous, <laughs> in 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 his, historically, um, as much as I love Garfield games, they haven't really helped out with their uh, colorblind uh, friendly games to the point where if you pick up any one of my West Kingdom games, I've marked them with pen so I can tell the difference between blue and purple and green and red and and whatever else. So um, I appreciate what they've done with the dice this time around. That's that, good. That could have gotten really bad. <laughs> like, I've got my purple die. That's a blue die. I've got my red. That's not. That's, that's an orange. That's die. not even a dice. <laughs> yeah, that's right. You picked up a cat. That's a ficus. Yeah. yeah. That's when it's when you combine a blue die and a green die to make purple. Yeah. To then. You know, that would be really good though if you got mini stickers mm-hmm. of different animals that start with the same letter as the colors, and you actually put went and put those animals on all the sides of the dice, so you could be like, oh, it's a cat. It's crimson. I don't know. That's true, but I guess I, mean, I just I just put a I put a white line on the purple ones, and I know that the purple ones have a white line, and the blue ones don't. Let's right. delve into this animal dice. Thing. <laughs> I, mean, I, I love this thinking, Helen. Yeah, Keep yeah. yeah. I mean, Man. really, if it was anybody else, they'd just go, "Hmm, one is good and six is bad. I'm going to draw a little penis on the six. Add <laughs> balls on the one. Like, yeah. you know. So one's up, one's down. Like, no, like color matching by letters and animal names. That's a great theory. Yeah, is a cat good that. or bad? Yeah. No, it's crimson. What are you oh, it's crimson. But it's is crimson. It, I mean, is, yeah. is crimson red or purple? Or you have a maroon? turtle for could, Coke? Maroon? Like what is crimson green? anyway? It's, it's a color. orange, isn't it? No, it's maroon. Yeah. It's maroon. It's the color of blood. <laughs> Is it blood on the dice? It's red, but my problem is it's red. <laughs> Put a rat on there for red. Yeah, red, red. Yeah. red, red. This is blowing my mind. <laughs> the, 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 only, the only problem with, and this is the only problem with this system, Helen, is that there are some letters where there are more than one colour. Like, so, you know, you couldn't have, yeah, like, you, there's, there's not 26 <laughs> colours and 26 different letters and 26 animals, so. Yeah, and you'd have to be really good at <laughs> drawing the, the animals. That's the issue. Like if yeah, someone, exactly. you know, you want to, oh. like, you don't want a dolphin to get you know, mixed up with a porpoise or something like that. So you're going P for purple or for porpoise. Like dark, dark green. Damn yeah, it. dark. Oh, damn it. I, I think it's cool. You only think there's one problem with this program so far. <laughs> no, that's it. That is it. Yeah, that's the only problem. Plan otherwise, you're just going to solve that. You yeah. had the same problem I did, DG. That like I went, I went an animal first, went shit up my shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm like, hmm, D. What D? Can this imagine? Like, because most people use primary colors in board games. Hey, like, so Helen's board game, she's gonna be like, all right, we gotta start start with crimson. Yeah, yeah. Back hope, hope's very soothing. Yeah, I'm gonna be the violet. Uh, yeah, yeah. I've got a frog, so we need like a fuchsia oh, and like a chart- chartreuse color. Yeah. <laughs> like a rainbow was sick and vomited. Like. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, that's real chartreuse that's like real tears Helen this is amazing yeah. Yeah. oh my cheeks are sore <laughs> yeah. this is the kind of quality you get in yeah, yeah. season 9 of this podcast yeah. Yeah. season 9 season 4 was terrible I'll, I'll give you that but season 9's off to a good start yeah. so welcome everybody this is the uh, board game chinwag podcast for this evening and so I'll be your host Dave and I've got uh, Shane, Helen, uh, Steve and G-Money here good evening oh, good evening Hello. There we go. There is an official start if we ever want one. Otherwise, it's just a weird, uh, random it... place at 10 minutes in the podcast. Let's just do that. that <laughs> what a great. colourful evening it is. Mm. <laughs> so we roll. I even oh. have a, a semi-topic prepared because God knows what our last what? topic was because it's been so long since we had a topic. 
So it's horror movies, right? <laughs> top 10 horror movies well, yeah, we, we haven't done that since season one so i reckon it's yeah. time again it came up again it came up again in season seven with top sci-fi movies but we gave that up <laughs> i think i think i missed that episode Damn. Uh, we need to be more Everyone. focused horror tv shows come on go who's up first american horror, horror story all of them mm. they're all pretty Hor- good horrible tv shows that'd be easier yeah the monsters easier for me too the monsters Jesus Christ. Is it even in colour? <laughs> no. <laughs> You're officially 112 years old. As I am. Hey, he knows what maths is. Come on. I do know what maths is. We're talking is. horrible TV shows. Yeah. And that is, a, that is a horror show, that one. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> that is a road crash of a TV show. Yeah. But I couldn't stop watching it. That's why aliens don't come okay. here. Yeah. That's why we can't have nice things. It, it, to the point where we had uh, Lauren's relatives up um, for the last two weeks. We paused the last two episodes of Maths and then we binged them both today. <laughs> they're gone, they're gone, they're, put it on, put it on. Gone. Let's watch Maths. <laughs> Why are you <laughs> laughing? It was a horror I'm so thing. sad to hear that. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. And, uh, and so are all of those contestants. I just feel I just see this image of like you guys waving goodbye out the front and then running back in with your hands up going, yeah, it's time, we can do it. It was uh, like that. <laughs> well, I, I have to say, one of the things that I've done this week is actually hang my TV. I've now finished my Renos. I have a television again. It has been a very long time, and I plugged it in and turned it on, and I watched some television this week for the first time in over a year. What did you watch? What did you watch? What was the first show? Matt. The, X, the X- X-Men animated cartoon from 1990s. Beautiful. Perfect. Yes. Not getting any better. Top of the mountain, yeah, straight away. Yeah. <laughs> Because you've been, while you've not had a TV, you've just been binging your comic books. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, I've gone hard into the comic book world, so thought it was a fitting start. Um, but then I also sat and watched the Pirates of the Caribbean movie. So yeah, I'm catching up on TV that I've missed in the last, you know, sixteen years. Have you seen those things? Yeah, they're pretty good. <laughs> Do you have a couch now? No, I still don't have a couch. So you sat on the floor. Yeah. Excellent. I use the packing material from my TV box as like a headrest. Yep. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Yep, it would have been cooler it. if you'd been yep. able to make a cat uh, out of packing boxes. It would have been much cooler, but no, my children destroyed that option pretty early on. But no, so we've had a fun day. I bought a soundbar. I bought a robot vacuum cleaner. I've been like splurging. Wow. Jeez, yeah. look at you go. I know. I have a house again and it feels weird. Nice. Yeah, but and leading into segue-ish, so part of it is doing cleaning work and and stacking things appropriately. So I've restacked all my board games, and Ooh. what I've done, and as part of leading to the topic for this evening, is I've had to do a bit of a cull. Now I'm not a board game seller. I can count on one hand the total amount of board games of my personal collection that I've ever sold. I have all of them have been random choice of oh you're interested in that and i don't care well you can buy it of me because whatever i don't care i've got another 600 board games um i've never sat down before and said i'm going to choose to remove this one from my collection and put it up for sale so topic for this evening is how do you do that because it wasn't fun and i have now a pile of games next to me that i still feel semi-attached to well, you need to first show me the pile so I can... That's what I was going to say. We've all, we've all just gone, Dave, 
Show us the pile, please. So oh, it's a shame. Plans to see it, so then we can buy it off you before you put it. I'm imagining a Christmas tree, and Charlie Party is the star at the top of the tree. <laughs> no, Charlie Party's still my monitor stand. Yeah, that that thing is it's for life now. It has actual use in this house. Um, no, so so tell me of your philosophies. Like I I spent a bit of this week as well listening to the Malcolm Gladwell podcast about hoarders. And I started to actually feel like he was targeting me a little bit. <laughs> so, so I thought that's a good opportunity to go through, use an actual process of elimination where I, I picked out some games. So yeah, tell me about your process when you do that. I can, I've, I've sold a few games, probably more in the last year and a half than I've, yeah, a lot in the last year and a half. And my process was simple. And that is that, will I play this game with anyone who doesn't already own it? And if the answer is no, then it's if it's not like the sentimental attachment thing, then I'll I'll, I'll get rid of that. And um, is this a game that any any people that I would play games with would be interested in playing? And that's kind of like my two. And the last one, of course, is do I like this game? Um, so yeah, if 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 one of those three things is correct, it's pretty easy to put it in a pile. Um, and there's a few games, like, for example, as obviously I've moved to Emerald, so I don't have the gaming group that I used to have, although I met a new gaming group again the other day, which was yeah, cool. Um, but, like, perfect example is I have a brand-new, never-used copy of Blood on the Clock Tower from their Kickstarter. Um, I don't know if I'll ever use that because not only do I, do I not have a gaming group that is big enough to play Blood on the Clock Tower, um, the group that I met last week have blood on the clock tower and we played their copy. So I'm like, well, I don't really, I get my blood on the clock tower feel elsewhere. So that game, even though I like the game, I, I don't think I'll ever use my copy. So I'd be prepared to sell that. But see, ever is a big word there, Steve. So be now, ever, you've got a yeah. game and you know, you like the game. So it's ticking two of your three boxes that some stage you might play that game again. Right now you have a group who have a copy. Correct. Which is why it's not up for sale. There's a possibility there. And I guess that, comes to the evergreen nature of a game. Like if I think it's going to be a game, like Tekenu was another great example. I really liked that game. I played it a fair bit. And then after a while, I'm like, it's a great game, but I'd much rather play Tio. Um, and I know about four people who own Tekenu, so if I want to get that fill, I'll get that. And then I sold it. Mm. So, yeah. All right. Well, you don't want to do what I did, which is buy a game off Shane and then see you, Dave, and still not take it home. So... <laughs> That's not a good philosophy for getting games, no. No, no. is it? Just paying and not getting? It's not a good philosophy? No, definitely not. It's, it's sitting in there. It's in the box for me to give to you. <laughs> I don't have it. Yeah, Next yeah. room over. I haven't collected it. I haven't, I haven't actually seen Dave <laughs> since oh, really? I sold it. No. <laughs> I haven't seen him no. to be able to give it to him. Yeah, so you're, you're off the hook on that one, Helen. But how, have you ever sold one of your own games that you bought? I never would. So I'm of a very different opinion, even if, you know, I have games I don't like, but in the right circumstance with the right group, I would play it anyway if they wanted to play it. I also find that I have seasons. So Orcs was a perfect example. I, I tried to play it early on when I was early in my board game, went, I hate this. Like, I'm not even, I'm not even going to try and learn this. And then we played it and loved it. It's a super easy game, but I just at the time didn't know much about it so now it's a great game so i've played it a couple of times i would play again but i've also got very young children so for me i've got four children as well 
No, I don't. I have three. <laughs> oh, you do. Like, oh, okay. Are you including Liam in that? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yep. You do have four children. Yeah, yeah, I do. You're right. You're right. I do. Um, but three of them would probably play board games, and so there's a good chance that they could get. Well, three of them like board games. Pardon? Three of them like board games. Yeah. So there's a good nice. chance that they'll all take a portion with them potentially when they move out. So for me, I'll only grow and just take over their toy cupboards with more board games. Long game. Yeah. yeah. Unlike me, my two boys will do this big fire sale and get rid of every single one of them and not want any. Um, but to, look, I, I, I go about it to, you know, think about my strategy about I can't buy any games I haven't played until I played them. It makes sense. So I've sold a fair few that I don't ever think I'll ever play um, that I've bought. And um, I got, you know, you get caught up in the whole hype of, oh, this, this is the hot game. You've got to buy it. So I do. Never play it. Move it on. So um, for me, it's about, and then when I move it on, though, I move it on for the price I paid for it. I'm not about making any money off it. I got Glory to Rome. Will I ever play Glory to Rome ever again? Probably not. Will I settle on for a huge profit? No. I paid a hundred bucks for it. At some point in time, when I move it on, it'll be a hundred bucks for someone that wants to buy it. Um, and uh, it's I similar to you know you, you bought Ark Nova Helm off me. Yeah. Um, it's a game I don't think I'll ever play again. Clear it on whites still the hype that's in the game and again sell it at a very reasonable price um, you know don't want to make anything from it we go to the book the the um bring and buy for briscoe so i've got a crate of games so similar to you dave i just went what am i not going to ever play again just chuck it in a crate and i'll take those to the bring and buy and you know see if we can move them on but that's um, your main philosophy is what what are games that you're not going to play again that's yeah your thing yep yeah that's that's how i go by it for, for, we're going to play it again am i enjoying it is lauren playing it with me so beer and bread right now lauren loves playing that game with me uh, are you going to sell probably... it just to annoy her or yep no no way <laughs> i'll give you 350 for it <laughs> <laughs> i can't because it's the only like she'll say she'll say she actually asks can we play beer and bread yeah yeah, I'm like, let's do it. Mm. So those type of games where Lauren's engaged, why never sell? I am trying that, by the way. I've got Liam reading Red Rising just in the hope that he will play the Red Rising board game with me. <laughs> He's loving the books, but I don't know how well I'm going with the board game aspect. Uh, it's hard not to, but, you know, when you've got 30 hours of book reading and you've got about a 45-minute game, you can sort of go, hey, this is something that we can do. What about you, G-Money? Do you sell games? No, nah, never sold a single game. Uh, never thought about it. Don't own enough to probably really warrant going through it and, like, throwing out some at this point. Um, gave gave some away. Like, if people like them and I didn't... Oh, I did, I played them and I didn't like them. I just gave them to people. Other than that, no, nah, got no... Got no philosophy. Got no... Uh, it's all great God random. What type of games did you give away, G-Money? I gave away Vindication. Um, I gave away my set of Gloomhaven to somebody. I think... Dave, Dave, was that your Jaws of the Lion that we played and gave away? Yeah, no, I've still got it. Oh, you still got it. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it was mine. Yeah, just a but few you, bits. You took ownership of that. You painted it. You 
ran the campaign, you did the whole thing. Yeah, and just pass it on. Like, you know, yeah. I'm not going to play it again. Someone else can play it, and that's great. I do have your Penny Arcade still. Oh, yeah, that's right. That I thought that would have fetched, like, a pretty penny. Oh, no pun intended. It's too rare. It's one of those it's things. too rare. Nobody, yeah, nobody's no one... even heard of it to know no. how much they should pay yeah. for it. One thing I'll add in there, too, um, is that I don't I don't muck around with the cheat games like I don't I don't I'll never play trust me I'm a superhero again but I'm not going to go through the hassle of bartering with someone over whether I sell it for five ten or fifteen dollars and then go to the post office and spend sixteen dollars on postage I'm just I'm not going to and they're the sort of similar to um, G Money but obviously not like vindication levels they're the sort of games that I'd easily give away or I've even like given a few games to the local library here that sort of stuff which I just, you know, like games like um, Seven Wonders because I, I don't think I'll ever play Seven Wonders again. And, and if I do, I know I can go and get a copy from my library now. Um, <laughs> but um, I, I've got It's a Wonderful World, which I like more than Seven Wonders that does mm. a similar thing. So, yeah. Yeah, I'm the same. If, I, if I'm going to, if I look at a game and I think it's only worth 10 bucks, 15 bucks, 20 bucks, I'd much rather take that along to a board game event and just give, do it a giveaway. Yeah. Um, so I've done that a fair, fair few times, you know, when we're at an event. So back to this pile then, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> yeah where's the pile? Well, when, when did come get City of Big Shoulders? That's what I want yeah. to know. Nah, that, that box is worth more sentimental value than the game. I think so. I can see the box in the background. Is that the box yeah, upstairs? It's, it's, it's a cornerstone. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a load-bearing. It's holding up my shoulders. Yeah. Stop yeah. talking about that game, please. I'm also well, this one game. of the best games ever made. Why would we stop shush. talking about it? Shush. That you bought and sold. <laughs> Again, we're talking we, about I bought and sold. We, we went through this I in season someone five. Out. We don't we need to bring someone out. Again. So, this would be great. The next time you're at a game day and Shane's like, oh, I really like a game oh. city of the Shadows, you can just go, no, you said you'll only sell games if you'll never play them again. Yeah. this game. Go sit in the corner and watch You are not allowed to play. No, because it was interesting listening to the podcast and the whole thing about the hoarders and the collection and the mentality of buying to keep. So he got onto this whole thing, which really intrigued me around art collection and how celebrated that you had the art director of the Metropolitan Museum in New York. Through his tenure over 30 years, he bought 84,000 things pieces of art and random pieces of collection and then he he'd gone down the path of saying i have a guy and my guy is like his, his specialist area is islamic rugs and i bought so many islamic rugs this guy's never even seen them like he's in charge of them and he's never seen them we just bought them and put them in storage i'm like oh yeah I, I do that with games like i've got so many games on my shelf i just bought still in shrink i would like to play them at some stage and and i may do but for now, they're just sitting here. And the collection had got to the stage, especially after the close of the shop, that I couldn't fit them all in. I had just piles building up in the random corners and I had to buy extra shelves just to keep extra games in. So I thought I'll actually do a piece of work, go through and make judgment calls based on a couple of things. And similar to what you said, Shane, is um, will I ever play it again? Um, but also with yourself, Steve, is it something that I know somebody has a copy of that I can have a look at and if i really get the hanker and you play that game to play somebody else's um is it something that i'm interested in playing so a lot of the games i've got i bought because i do want to play them at some stage things like food chain magnet i'd be very keen for a game of that it's sat there for nearly two years unplayed but there'll be a time when i can play that game so i've got to keep it 
And the last one comes down to what um, Malcolm Gladwell was talking about is that hoarders have that mentality of they can't give away a thing because they've got some attachment to it. And mm. whether that's a sentimental or a memory or physical, emotional attachment, they feel like they will lose something of themselves or their memory if they give this item away. And so a lot of the games I've got, I, I can't get rid of. Um, I've got you know games that I played with my brother-in-law before he passed away. I've got games that the first time I played them with my kids and I can still remember that, that feeling. Um, I've got games that I remember being so excited about to get from Kickstarter that I've been you know, reading updates every time they come up for two years until this thing arrived. So I can never get rid of those. But that's that sort of sentimental attachment part that it's a, it's a memory or a feeling or an emotion. It's just a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've seen it more getting into the comic book collecting stuff. Like a lot of the, the hardcore comic book collecting, they're contained in hard plastic. You can't actually do anything with them. It's just a yeah. thing to wave around. Um, On display. Yeah, it, that's all you can do with them. You can't interact with them. It is display and it's a thing. And you see so many people that they their partners or their dads or someone pass away and the family just has to deal with this massive collection of stuff that they don't know the physical or financial value. They've just got a box of crap that they've got to dispose of and deal with. So... There'll be games that I'll play with my kids and they'll always want to keep. But for me, it's it made me have a think about what we actually want to keep around the house and what things we need to keep for the gaming group and what games I personally want to sort of sit aside and actually have there just in that off chance that I do get to play them at some stage. So, mm. yeah, it was a good emotional experience going through. And I, I looked at almost every game I had and I could either think of a story or a memory or a time that I played it. Um, so they... They stayed mostly. The ones that are going are the, the big pile of ones that I bought on the chance that I'd play them one day, but the groups changed or the domains changed or my feeling for the games changed. So mm. they get to go. That's very cathartic, mate. Yeah, it was good. And it was all like it's part of the whole cleanup of the house. Like it's been mm. really good activity to go, yep, I'm I've got this much space and I packed it and I had to then unpack a little bit and and put ones in that i wanted to keep and take ones out so i sort of i had a limit to work with and and i met it which i feel good about that's exactly what i did when i moved up here i, did, I needed i made the decision i'm only going to go up with two calaxes and not only does everything have to fit on there but there needs to be spare space for future games that would arrive via kickstarter or whatever else so that's why i sold 70 games before i left because it was like otherwise i was going to have to buy extra shelving so yeah, you kind mm. of force yourself to a to a a barrier and make sure you fall within it. But you make a good point around, you know, if you have a connection with a board game, you don't want to pass it on. There's so many board games that I own that either Josh likes, Axe likes, now Lauren, you know, I'm never going to move any of those games on because that's a way of them connecting with me and playing a game. So whenever... It, what I say to the boys, do you want to play a board game? It's either King of Tokyo or Downforce. That is it. They're the only two games those two boys will play. Um, and now Lauren is Wingspan, Blue Moon City, Lords of Waterdeep, and now Beer and Bread. So, games, by the way. Yeah. Mm. So they're all, they're, they, they will never, ever leave my collection. And the list grows, and the more you've got it around, the more opportunity you've got to play it at some stage. So if you'd sold Beer and Bread unplayed because it sat there for too long and you thought you'd never get to it, you miss that potential experience that you're going to have yeah, yeah. Uh, with your wife. So I've always found it emotionally hard to 
to cut that off, cut that opportunity off before it happened, that if I sold a game without playing it, I might actually realise that I really enjoyed it and then built memories around it. Well, I recently just bought Heat off the back of, it's kind of like Downforce, but the next level up. Um, and I'm, I'm ever so hopeful that I can get it to the table and teach the boys how to play it. This is Downforce, but a little bit different. So a little bit more thinky of a downforce. So um, I have, I'm still yet to play it, by the way. I might bring it on Wednesday night, but we have got scholars to play. Yeah, we do. We do. It raises that question of, you know, when you go to a board games thing, will be at whatever it is, your local gaming group or a bigger thing, and you play something with a group and you love it, you buy it, and then yeah. you can't play it with anyone else because you've either got no one locally who would like it or it just doesn't fit. Mm. And then you end up with a few of those games. It's like, I really like this and I played it once and it's great. It's awesome, but I can't play it enough to now warrant me keeping it. Mm. Well, the other thing happens, which you fall in love with the game because you had such a great experience with it and you try it with a different group and you realise it was actually the group was the experience, not the, not the game itself yeah, that was it's carrying it's, it. It's the group. Yeah. Exactly. Well, what happened with TI um, with our group is we, we got it. Everybody was super involved. Everybody then went and bought their own copies. And there's like six copies floating around <laughs> in the group. And it doesn't get played as much because there's so many other things. It's such a, a challenge to get to the table. But everyone has spent $300 on this game now to, to sit on the shelves. Mm. I've gotten to the point now where I say, before I buy the game, does anyone that I know own it? And if anyone I know owns it, I don't buy it because then I can play it with them and have an enjoyable time. I think it depends on the level of game, right? So when Subterra 2, for instance, obviously, you know, we all know what happened there, but we all bought it. So there is now five copies in our gaming group of seven people who have a copy of this game. But it is a game that I played with Dave and Mim when mm. we went away. It's a game that I could play with my kids. It's a game that I could play with my mum. There's so many people yeah, I could right, play with yeah. outside of our group because it's a smaller game. It's not a long game. It's, you know, it's not a difficult game. So mm. I think exactly what you said about TI, it's such an involved game. You're going to play it with those same people who all bought yeah. it. Whereas smaller games, you're able to flip them around to other groups without too much trouble. That's fair. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and then there's stuff like Gloomhaven where, I mean, G-Money is the expert and he loves it, but well, Frosthaven may be a better example is once you play through that, it's got to be pretty hard to play through it again. So do you play through, like, for example, a legacy game, if you buy it and play it through with a group, do you ever actually play that game again regardless of who it's mm. with or how it's done? I've still got Gloomhaven sitting on my shelf and I haven't been able to unpack it for a very long time. And I've, I want to. I really, really want to. I've never but, played Pandemic since I finished the three Pandemic Legacy. And I don't well, know I, will. I never played after finishing the first one. I bought the other two ones thinking this will be great, but I was kind of pandemic out by that point. Yeah, we'd lived through it. Yeah. Then it was like, they yeah. played it for real then. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm sick of that game now. Yeah. <laughs> it's really hard. I'm similar to Dave. Like I've got a game that I play with a mate that passed away, and I can't. That's Gloomhaven. I can't bring it back out. Mm. I really want to, but um, there's a character in there he played, and I just you know, 
there's sentimental value there. So it'll always stay in my collection. Hmm. It's just one hell of a big box that's sitting there. I think you should try and play it at some point. Do you know what I, I mean? So if it's too. something that you have a memory with that person, I wouldn't not play it again because it was something, mm. you know, if you played it, you'd probably get even more great memories flooding back. Yeah, yeah. Play two-handed and play that character. and Play that, yeah, yeah. I could play that character. Yeah. yeah. Play two, yeah, it's a good call, Steve. Because, yeah, if you're playing, like play Gloomhaven solo anyway, you're better off running two characters, so, yeah. <clears throat> I saw a great meme and it was D&D related, but it was one of the player characters passed away, so they kept the campaign going and all of the characters, they you know, cremated the character in-game and then they took some of his ashes and then imbued it in their weapons so that then they kept the campaign yeah, on yeah, with cool. his character's ashes. That's so yeah. great. That's yeah. awesome. So I have two questions. One, because you've now redone your shelves, does that mean all the games that myself and probably G-Money have of yours we get to keep? <laughs> I, don't have, Sh- I don't have anything of yours, do I? <laughs> oh, who knows? As Shane, as Steve said, probably you got to leave some space for new acquisitions. So right. I've got another two dozen Kickstarter still on the way. I've got to, yeah, I've so got to fit that in. And so no, what's in the box? <laughs> what's in the box? Ti for <laughs> City of the Big Shoulders. Come on, yeah. wait, wait, come on show, show us the pile, Dave. We'll, we'll announce them all on the podcast and we'll sell them all for you. Show us the pile, you coward. Uh, oh, go. hello. Okay. Wasn't that guitar given to you? <laughs> no, it was one of them. How yeah, much for the shoes? Outcast. <laughs> I'll give you two dollars. Dar- Darwin's Darwin's journey's mine. We know that one. I've already bags that. Yeah, What's look at Wild Ascent. Oh, yeah. Wild Ascent's that one. I think we've talked about. That's the um, Kickstarter that I regret spending a huge amount of money. Dave, I have to be more specific. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I went on holiday with you last weekend, Darwin's journey. Yeah, I know, and we didn't even open it. Is that well, archive? Yeah. I've never heard of. I've never heard of archive, but it must be awesome. It's got like five big boxes. <laughs> now, now, Helen, if you want Diamond's Journey, I'll, I'll forgo that. He... I don't even know what it is. That was oh, a great. That was an underrated joke, Steve. Thank you. Yeah, you, you should get a hundred percent credit for that. Yeah. <laughs> That's sitcom level stuff. Yeah. Are you sure you're not a writer? I was, too, I was too focused on Dave's games. I was shocked he was getting rid of his comics as well. Come on. Yeah. Oh, comics. Yeah, no, just get into that. So, I mean, and that's a that's an early start. Like, I, there's ones in there that I've had for three or four years that are still in shrink. And yeah. I think at the start of the collecting, I thought, oh, well, if I just leave it in shrink, maybe I'll play it at one stage. But if I don't, I can sell it. So, yeah, it's good that that's actually come around. It is a weird thing, though, with board games. It's and um, there's the, there are a few things that are like this, but. You'd almost, if you're, if you're, and this is an advice by any stretch, but if you are sort of half interested in the game and you think you might like it, buying it and then reselling it isn't that big of a deal. Like you, you're probably only going to lose 15, 20% maybe. And like if someone said to you, oh, here's a $150 game, um, or, or you can rent it for six months for 30 bucks, see whether you like it. Like you'd, you'd probably say, yeah, that sounds perfect. And that's kind of what you're doing. You'd buy it for 150, sell it for 120, and move on with your life. Like it doesn't. It's not like you're selling it for five bucks. You know, mm-hmm. the, the money's still there. If you, if you, yeah. So like as far as an investment is concerned, it's not terrible. Yeah, it, they keep their value really well, and the secondhand market's quite active. 
Um, but that I mean, raises a good point, Stephen. That's another thing I've looked at is because I have so many games and a lot of them are either quite expensive or high-end or rare through Kickstarter or something like that, is what? how can I go about potentially monetizing the collection? Like giving it to people, loaning out to someone, operating like a library to say, well, I'm not obviously playing the 300 games I have very regularly, so if you want one, just take it for a little while. You know, mm. If you like it, then we can talk. Mm. But rather than doing it as a formal library process, which I know, you know, some shops do, like you can actually go and pay a membership fee and then borrow games out and bring them back. Um, I think a lot of that paid stuff, the the love and the care isn't there. Like the games get trashed or the pieces get lost or whatever, like any sort of hiring process, like you just, you don't, you don't care. You don't give a shit. You're paying for it for a short amount of time. You give it back, whatever condition it's in is what condition it's in. Hmm. Um, Interesting. Just yeah. in a giant bag, a giant Ziploc bag. Hey, DG, just yeah. all the components <laughs> dumped in. Yeah, no boxes because they got, you know, we had, to, we had to have a bonfire, so we, you know, torch the boxes, but here's all your bits. The other thing, remember, too, with board games, and this is what I always think about when I buy them, is, you know, if you were to go do an escape room, for instance, with four people, that's going to cost mm-hmm. you 120 bucks for an hour. You know, you go to the movies, it's going to cost you 50 bucks mm-hmm. once you bought popcorn stuff for a couple of hours. So even if you were to lose all the money of the game, unless you're buying Tarantula games, which I know some of you are, but except for those end, that end of them, you're making your money back by just the quality of time you're getting from that game for the period you have it anyway. Yeah. I remember Dan talked to me a lot about this. So he factors this a lot into his purchasing. He actually keeps a little tally on the inside of the box when he plays them. So he's got a little check mark, and every time he plays the game, he puts a little pencil mark on the inside of the box. Um, and if he feels he's played it enough times to get his value out of it, then mm. it, it was a wise purchase and he's done the right mm. thing. I know that uh, on BG Stats, you can put the dollar value of what you bought a game for in and then it works out like how much it's costing you per play, like how much, um, which is bizarre. I'm like, this is cool. I'm going to do this. And then I started with Terraforming Mars Inside and um, because I'd bought so many extras, I'm like, oh, this looks bad. Yeah. <laughs> this, is, this is a very, yeah, I've got it down to a good dollar value, sure. But I didn't realize I'd spent this much money on these. So I stopped after that. I've only done those two games. <laughs> to Helen's point, right, you, you could go to the movies as a family of four, spend 100 bucks easy yeah. on your food, your tickets, etc., yeah. for three hours of fun. That's right. You could buy a board game that we could all play, four player, that, that everyone enjoys, like King of Tokyo, will never lose, you know, leave my connection, collection. And that's what, what King of Tokyo is, about 60, 70 bucks now. Mm. Yeah, now Much you make better money. investment. Mm. Yeah. I don't know, though. You I are, reckon... you're, 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 you're building a connection in your family. Yeah. And, um, and by the way, I, I reckon board games have outperformed your superannuation over the last two years. Just saying. <laughs> Uh, it's an indictment on super and not on board games. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> my self-managed super fund is my wall over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that means you've got to sell them when you retire, though. That's the that's the whole reason I'm keeping them. It's when I retire. So, uh. but I mean, it brings in a lot of things. Like, there's a way you can actually track it now, so you can link your BGG, and there's a website which tracks the replacement cost value. So you then put your collection into the spreadsheet and it goes, your collection is worth $20,000. And you can, you know, some people need to do that sort of thing for insurance purposes. Some have got interest on how much money they've spent. 
um, or how they how much they would need to replace it. But yeah, it can be quite confronting when you go, "Ooh, that was more than I thought yeah, was yeah, invested in that wall." That's kind of where you hide it from the, the partner as well. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, no, Do you I'm list not. it as an item on your insurance? I got mine as a yeah, special. It's actually a listed item. Yeah, I've got yeah. it listed. Yeah. Because it's like, I don't know, my insurance is, it's a collection is to X value and less specified. So I had to specify to have it covered. Yes, mine's yeah. specified as well. And yeah. I've got my BGG list as well, printed off as my, you know, as my uh, and I update it regularly. I used to have seven thousand dollars worth of DVDs that I had listed on my policy. <laughs> and then you I had six thousand, and then you had five thousand, and then you had fifty. I used yeah. to have CDs. CDs was my thing, and I remember that was a very similar thing with board games. Like you wouldn't touch. I wouldn't touch my CD collection. Like it never would ever give away a CD. I was very particular about them. And then um, I had about twenty CDs stolen out of my car, and that's when I found like Winamp and Napster. And I was like, oh, I've already spent the money, so I don't have an issue downloading it illegally because I've already spent the money. Um, and then that just sort of took over. And then I eventually, I remember the time I sold my CDs. It was like in 2009. And I, I just had like a garage sale and I had them all out the front. And it was awesome because that was still a long time ago enough that there were other music crazy people who love CDs. So all of my CDs got sold and, you know, a couple of bucks each, nothing too much. My brother, on the other hand, he has a CD collection that he has kept till now and he's gone, now it's too long. He, he wouldn't be able to give them away now. Like it's, he's, it's gone past that point. So that's like the DVDs, right? Yeah. At one that point that would have been valuable and then, yeah. That was you, Shane? Oh, that yeah. doesn't surprise like, me. I, I, had, I had a whole top of the roof. Big crate full of CDs, easily 200 plus CDs in there. Um, we we pulled them down out of the roof about three months ago because we had a mini skip arrive. Yeah. And out of those 300, I've kept 20. Yeah. The rest are in the mini skip. I don't even have a way to play a CD anymore. And like if I wanted to listen to one. I was gutted because I'm sitting there going, I don't want anyone else to listen to these. That's how pissed off I was. I started <laughs> smashing up everyone. <laughs> I was snapping them all. <laughs> like I had some yeah, really bro. rare shit in there and I'm just like, yep, fucking snap that one, snap that one. Yeah. We had bloody metal flying everywhere. And the, 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 back, the whole front lawn was full of metal because I was snapping so many CDs. Mm-hmm. Like it's like Shaun of the Dead bit where they throw records at the zoo. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was it was like that, and because uh, then there was a whole pile I left for Lauren. So I knew, you know, she likes she loves her John Farnham, Madonna, and all that kind of stuff. So, what do you want to do with these? Bin them. I was like, really? I said, do you want to do what I'm doing? Like snapping? She goes, no, no, just so I politely put them in the bin, little little spot in the mini skip. But yeah, no, I, I literally kept twenty of my. 200 plus CD collection. See, I probably uh, fall in the years. middle. I I did a piece in about 2013, Steve, where I got a special external hard drive and copied them all over. Yeah, yeah. So I still have that small um, disc somewhere in the computer of just all my music from forever yeah, ago. Yeah. So the CDs then went in the bin or I gave them to other people or whatever, but I still have them all in an accessible format, whereas the DVDs, you can't really do that with. So I was the same for DVD. I just had boxes and boxes that I just gave to friends and help yourself. Anything good, otherwise, go into the bin. 
I didn't bin mine. I sold a few and then realized how difficult that was going to be. And so I ended up giving them to a one of those buy my DVD places. And it was heartbreaking because I was getting 10 cents for a mm. DVD, you know, that was beautiful in beautiful condition. I'm like, I should have just kept them and had like DVDs in my car for my kids and let them ruin them because, you know what I mean, 10 cents. But it happened, I sold them the week after I lost my dog and I'd lost her. She ended up having a, I don't want to take this to here. Anyway, she died of a tick and it was because I was sorting out clothes to do a um, a garage sale at someone's house for baby clothes and I was just like, I was like, I can't, I can't put any energy into this. If I hadn't, maybe I would have mm. saved her. So I just, yeah, I got like 150 bucks, I think, for my 300 DVDs. Well, I still have my DVD collection and uh, won't ever part. I've got all the series of Will and Grace, Frasier, uh, Firefly, Star Trek, original in blue. All one season of Firefly. It's, it's, it's still, still too soon. It's in still my head, that's very valuable. Maybe Walsh won't die this time. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, how have they so, not remade that? They've remade every other goddamn. He can't, he can't remake it. He can't. He can't. Joss can't. They're, they're remaking the game, even though it's out of rim, which is even better. But that's yeah, that's going to be an interesting thing. That. Yeah, it looks good. It looks like good production. Yeah. Out of rim kills it. By the way. Just saying. Just, uh, yeah, but, rim shots, you know, good stuff. <laughs> um, but no, I do have my, D- and I won't ever sell my DVD collection. Cause do I- you have a functioning DVD player? No, well, apparently <laughs> he's he he got a record player. <laughs> no, I do have a record player. Yeah. <laughs> my, my 1970s Sanyo Hi-Fi system, I've connected a Bluetooth I've actually converted it to Bluetooth now, so I can Spotify through this old 1970 system. Fucking oh so amazing Come full shit you can do now. nowadays. Yeah, you yeah. know what? I can't. I can't play a DVD. Yeah, your turntable works, but your DVD player is rooted. Yeah, it's rooted. But I, right. but I can Spotify to my 1970s Wi-Fi. <laughs> I can't play a fucking DVD. I'll tell you what. This is why it's it's good that a lot of young kids aren't into board games because. Um, and I, I don't mean that really. It'd be great if they were. But like when I was a kid, I spent all of my money on CDs and later DVDs. Mm. Um, kids don't have to spend their money on CDs and DVDs now because they got mum and dad's Spotify account or Netflix or whatever else. So if they're in the board games, all of their waste money would go into board games, which when I was a kid was all of my money went into CDs. Mm. So I would have like I would have like fifteen hundred games if I was eighteen. I signed up for one of those those like scam pyramid scheme things where you pay your money every month and they send you one. Did anybody else do that? Yeah. Yeah. Or a CD. A CD. Yeah. Yeah. It was like a subscription service for CDs. And so you got a catalog and you got to pick out like three or four every month. Do you know what's really sad, Steve? What they're actually spending their money on is bloody in-app purchases. Yeah. Yeah. Robux. Spending it in like 10 minutes. And you're like, what was the point of that? There was no point for that. At least with a CD, we had it for life if you wanted to and, and i actually think and, and i think david and i have discussed this before right is that you know we, we call it the golden age whatever you want we could be old old cranky men yelling at clouds but when i was in my eight like mid-teens early 20s and i bought a cd it was like 30 bucks i would persevere with that cd even if i didn't really like it on the first five plays and then some of those like i remember specifically um the bends by radiohead I hated that album when I bought it. I'm like, oh, what a mistake this is. I shouldn't have bought this. And I listened to it a couple more times. 
And then Radiohead became my favorite band for like eight years because a person, and then you start going, oh, actually, no, this is really good and I'm really getting into this. Where now you don't do that because it's like, it's it's so instant. And if you don't like it, well, then you just, you get it off your queue and yep. you'll never see it yep. ever again. And yep. I wonder whether like that, that, because you've invested your money in it, you felt like you had to make it valuable in some way. So you'd still listen to Hey Foxy Mop Handle Mama, that's me on. You didn't have any other options though. Yeah. Like you'd spent the money on CDs. That's all your money you had for the week. You weren't going to buy like 15 other CDs. Yeah. You're done. (laughs) It was that or nothing. So I'll take you guys full circle. My first vinyl album that I purchased, my hard-earned cash, was Cheap Trick Dream Police. First tape, so audio tape, was Bon Jovi Slippery and Wet. First CD was Def Leppard's Hysteria. Oh, that's a great album. Right. So that was actually, you know, could, but here's another full circle. It. That was my first cassette that I bought, was Hysteria by <laughs> Def Leppard. There you go. Yeah. Just, it's amazing. And then, and then, so today, I was very proud of Max. So Maxi, um, he, he wanted a PS5. And, um, so do I. This, I want a PS5. This kid saves like there's no tomorrow. And um, he, I said to him, oh, by the way, there's some kind of special at EB Games where you can trade in your Switch with a couple of games that gets you discount off the PS5. Anyway, so I mentioned it to him. He said, he phoned me today. He goes, Dad, when you get home, can we talk about this a bit further? So I said, yep. So up we went up to EB Games with his Switch. Took five of his games out, and uh, he he bought PS Five, traded his Switch and a few games. His cost was two hundred and sixty six bucks. Far out. And I just went, "Well done, son. Good stuff." He's now like, "Have you ever seen a PS Five? They're freaking like a PC. They're huge." Yeah, yeah. And um, he set up. He's got his PC. Right next to his PC is his PS5, and um, the, the kid is just like living life. But he's happy. So two hundred sixty-six bucks. That's better than Roblox, bloody coins or whatever they do in that game. But okay, quick question: Did he get a disc version or a digital version? Uh, what? Yeah, it's two. Yeah. Yeah, so you can get one that actually takes discs still, so you can buy games on discs, so you still own them. Or you can just get a download version. He got, the disc, he got the disc version. Yeah, so he, clever. Because, and that's always been the thing. Like you, any sort of digital content that you've got, if you haven't protected it well enough, you haven't got your account or your login details, yeah, yeah. it's gone. You can download a game for 100 bucks, and if you don't know your password, you never get to use it again. So so being dad, dad, dad was like, you know, I'm so proud of you. Go and buy, go and pick a few games, and I'll, because you can't <laughs> buy a PS5 without having well, a game to take home with you. Yeah. So but I'm sorry, a, a, you know, a console shouldn't cost you 1100 bucks if you're still going to have to spend 100 bucks a game. Like, they should just be, like, discounted so that you buy more games. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I think it's it's just crazy. It's That's sucks. not how the uh, money-making thing works. No, <laughs> right, right. No, but he, he, he did well. He bought the second-hand PS5 games. So he bought three for less than 100 bucks. Nice. And so... But then, but what you can also do with the PS5 is you can play your PS4 game. So he's got GTA. Nice. No, 
Grand Theft Auto, best game. Which he loves. Lots of life lessons Such in that game. game. You can yeah. you can play that game in it, and he, that's what he plays with his best mate. So, fucking love. He that asked the question. Cool. He said, "Can I play GTA in PS4 version on my PS5?" And the guy said, "Yes." And he said, "Okay, I'm happy with that." So, Dave, just off, I, I disagree with you. Um, I much prefer digital versions, and I'm surprised you don't because when what's worse than um, not being able to get access to your games is when you spend a hundred dollars on a disc and you've got young kids and then that disc doesn't work anymore. And you're like, cool. Now I'm going to go and spend another hundred dollars on the digital version. Yeah. Yeah. No, there's definitely things that are, it's better for absolutely games and music as well. But I mean, we're all in the board game industry. There's no way to digitize these things. Well, in, in the same fashion, like you can BGA and you can play games for free and do whatever you want, but it's not the same. Not it's a same. different no experience. Way. So the, the walls that we've all got, that they are analog as it comes. And really, for me, that's the same with comic books. There's, there's digital ways to read these things, but it's not the same as cracking that 50-year-old paper going, oh, gee, yeah, you just get it, yeah. the different experience that you get with the real thing. The thing um, is that they're active walls, right? Like, yeah, they're walls of games, but you regularly go and grab games off them, even if you aren't grabbing all the games. Like, it's it's a thing. It's not it's not art. It's it's I, it's hard. I just sit here and stare at it sometimes. Yeah, Ooh, yeah, it's pretty true. colors. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. But can, do we want to segue slightly into what we have been pulling off the wall lately? It's been about a month since we did one of yeah. these. So, yeah. All right. Look for me. It, the, the only game I played in the last couple of weeks in physical is well, I played Ter- Subterra with Helen, but I don't want to steal her thunder. Um, but Tio, we played a bit of Tio. I, I introduced a few new people and yeah, played four or five games of Tio at different times. So. No. It's been good. I, I watched Troy, who is a very tactical, strategic gamer, get absolutely pants in his first game and then figure it out. He said he went away, did some research, came back, and then crushed us all. Yeah, so no. his first game, he got 37 points. Oh. In yeah. his, second, his third game, he got 170 points. Nice. Yeah, bit of a turnaround. So, yeah, he, he figured it out. And, and that's what he does. Like, it's nice to play with those kind of people. But, mm. yeah, he, he was very unhappy with his p- first performance. Such a great game. Such a great game. What's the what's the TO Kickstarter thing coming? It's just a deluxe version with all the expansions. So it's just like a one, one hit thing? Yeah, yeah. It looks really good. But, yeah, I, I'm glad... I, it's still it's not official yet so well by the time this podcast releases it'll already be off kickstarter and be fulfilling but as of as of recording it's yet to be fully announced but it looks like they're not adding any extra stuff in it's just everything that's come out in right can you get it as a deluxe upgrade to your existing stuff i don't they haven't said that yet but yeah. uh yeah i'm not sure i, I did, did notice someone was selling it on uh, marketplace with everything around about 150 bucks bargain which is an absolute bargain considering what the kickstarter is going to be at least three four hundred dollars i would say mm. so yeah it's a pyramid scheme that was good well done well done also at 53 minutes helen said the f word by the way <laughs> never she's never sworn yes. before on the pod because but she said that's it. the problem with the podcast too yeah. 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 Language. (laughs) So that's just Tio and Subterra? Mm. Tell me about Subterra. Subterra Okay. Because I I owned Subterra 1 for a while. And it was a game that I moved on because I never got to play it. Like, I was just, was just, it was always not the game that I chose. And I can't remember, is it a Cthulhu theme or not? 
No. No. Okay. I, don't I think, think I got what that means. Okay. It got. It got. I think it must have gotten tied up with. I. I bought a couple of Cthulhu themed games and decided it wasn't for me. And I think it might have got tied up with all those. So. Okay. Eldritch. What is Cthulhu? Just remind me. Oh, like Arkham Horror, sort of. Yeah. All that. Type yeah, really... up hentai and you'll find out. No. Don't. In fact, nobody. Please, anybody listening, don't type that in. Um, but anyway, yeah. Tell me about Subterra because you talk about it a lot. Um, well, I was, I was thinking that the separate, they are slightly different. So Subterra 1 is basically you're locked in a cave with terrors um, and you're trying to get out of the cave. So you've got to find the exit. So you've got a certain amount of time, you've got a certain amount of battery life in your torch and you're with multiple people. One person might be a diver, one person might be the lead or one person and everybody has different abilities. So someone might be able to demo through walls. Somebody might be able to hide from a... Uh, from a horror if it's near him. Someone else might be able to dive through the flood. So each round things happen. So the cave will flood or it will tremor or it will um, gas. There'll be a gas leak or things like this and they all do different damage to you if you're on one of the squares that have flood or you're on a flood tile or you're on a gas tile or you're on a, a squeeze tile. So basically you've just got to try and survive, get out, before you run out of battery, you've got to find the exit. To find the exit, you have to get all the tiles down. And in the last six tiles, somewhere in those last six tiles is the exit tile. So you're trying to reveal tiles so you can reveal them, which means you put them down but don't move in, or you can mm -hmm. go into it, So, um, which means you reveal it and move in. So if it's a bad tile and you're like it's a gas round and it's a gas tile, you immediately lose three life and that might be all the life you have so someone then has to come and save you when it's not a gas yeah. cool. thing like that so you're just trying to get out only one person has to get out but obviously you're a team working together you try yeah. to get everybody out and then subterra 2 is the same but the differences are you're in a temple and you're trying to find the keys to get the relic and you've got to get the artifact sorry out of the out of the temple before you're in it's a volcanic temple so the, once you take the artifact, the volcano erupts and you've then got lava, so you've got to get all out before the lava gets you. Yeah. Um, but again, it still has your tremor, your traps, um, all those sorts of things that can hurt you along the way. They've got um, guardians who are guarding the temple and they come to try and attack you as well. So, But, yeah, they're cooperative games, uh, underground. But, yeah, they're just a lot of fun. They're an easy game for anybody to learn. Um the good thing, there's actually a really cool character in Subterra 2. Uh, I can't remember what the name of the character is, but basically they're like the money. And so that character allows you to stay at the very start of the temple and just give your give your goes to other people. So you're thinking of somebody going, oh, you know, I'll send my slaves out to do the work and get hurt and stuff and I'll just sit here drinking my tea. Yeah, right. And it's, um, it's a lot of fun. But, yeah, so you've got priests and stuff who can heal people from afar. Um, things like that. So Helen and I played it. And so it's part of the, the weekend where we went away um, with the families. They had an Atari table. And it was this like old TV setup thing. It was built into like a beer barrel and they, just all oh, these Atari games you could play, like pick from and play. Subterra 2 is basically Dig Dug. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It is. Yeah. It is that. Yeah. But yeah. So it was, it was really quite enjoyable. Like Mim likened it to Forbidden Desert. A um, bit of that um, 
exploration of tiles and things happen and you kind of get towards the exit and you, you basically got to take your actions efficiently so you don't get killed by the natives or yeah, burn in the lava and while exploring and finding stuff. I have both. You... I would rate it higher than Forbidden Desert, but they both have a place with a different audience. But you, you have those challenges where do you stop and revive someone or do you yeah. keep on going and so to die? You don't make it out, right? So we had... Yeah. Um, we actually were just talking about this today with the group and one, one of them has played four times and only gotten out once. Yeah, right. Um, so it's very easy to not get out and get the lava to get you. We were very fortunate we got out. I think there was a little bit of... Um, we passed on the artifacts, so only only Nim got out and Dave and I perished me trying to save him. But, um, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It's an easy it's, game. It's, it it is game. such an easy game, but it's great. It's yeah. super fun. Love it. I, I own Subterra 1. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not lucky enough to have 2. Well, um, I didn't think I wanted it. Originally, I wasn't buying 2, so I didn't go in for it. My friends did. Um, and then we played his – he got a copy from overseas after everything went down, and we played it and went, oh, no, this is awesome. So yeah. – and both are so similar but, yet yeah, different enough that they both have a place. So I own both now. Nice. Um absolutely recommend playing subterra one though total blackness uv light yeah. super fun everything's glowing it's amazing um, can you please bring number two to briscon absolutely <laughs> i won't be able to play it because i'll only be playing stone mine games but yes now we'll find we'll find some time <laughs> Uh, well, a game that has, I'd say a resurgence, but I guess it kind of would never was, you know, not being played in our house is Dice Throne has been huge in our house in the last month or so to the point where I, I, I had a moment, like I, I keep stirring my um, middle child because he's, um, he's, I'm not a board gamer, I'm not a board gamer. And now he's like, Dad, can we play a board game? I'm like, yeah, what do you want to play? Dice Throne. Like okay, all right, and I'm getting a little bit sick of it always being dice thrown, but it's fine. I enjoy it. And we got all the characters, so it's it's always different. But he came out because I played the Cursed Pirate, and I didn't quite first time I played it, it didn't quite work out how it worked first time. Played it a second time and really figured out how to play it. And he was playing with some other character. I can't remember the name of the character. And he came out and he's like, "Want to play dice thrown?" Like, yeah, if you want. He said. I've been watching this video on how to play with whatever this character is. And I'm like, oh, you watched a video about board games. You're converted. You're a board gamer. <laughs> and he's like, I'm not a board gamer. I'm like, I don't know. I don't know, man. You watched a YouTube video on how to play a board game. That's a board gamer. <laughs> uh, but yeah, between him, Raph and I, I think we played about 15 or 16 rounds over the last couple of weeks, which has been awesome. Um, and yeah, again, like the, the beauty of that game is in how somehow these two very random different characters mm. can come together and win by one health or two health. Like it's always super close, which is awesome. Um, so yeah. Can, can you mix and match the Marvel stuff with the normal yeah. stuff? Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, we literally, we got, we got season one, season two, Marvel and Santa and Krampus, and you can literally just grab whichever you want and go for gold. So, yeah. That's good fun. Yeah, so yeah, definitely, uh, definitely the, the the most played game in my household since the start of the month. Yeah. Jeebus, what have you been playing? Uh, Frosthaven. 
<laughs> no, come on. You went to game night with Mimsy. What did you play? Oh, what did, uh, we played Ready, Set, Bet. Nice. Magic Maze, Quacks, and Camel Up. Great selection of games. And they and they started off correct, and then they just we were not playing Magic Maze even remotely how you're supposed to play it. <laughs> like, it wasn't even the game. Drunk Magic Maze. It was it was who could tap something louder on the table. That was the real game. <laughs> Does sound like a fun game. That that is actually how I play it normally. Yeah, I, I've no, I, I don't even know what the game is. I just hit <laughs> the table really hard. It seems what everyone else is doing, right? Right in Rome. <laughs> How's Frosthaven go? Amazing. It is the best thing ever. I'm so happy. I'm waiting for all the extra bits to come before I play it again because I've got, I've got like the, the, the dividers and stuff. I'm like, I, I kind of want it all set up a bit better than it currently is. So I'm waiting for that before I get back into it. But I'm cool. very, very keen, very keen. Um, I've just been playing beer and bread. That is it. <laughs> I've already spoken about that game. It's great. Well, and scholars, didn't you play scholars? I've been play- I've been playing and learning scholars. Yes. Yeah. And um, but uh, beer and bread is just super fun. Taught Phil yesterday at Thirsty Chiefs. We're a few beers in, and um, it was such a good game. It, it, we, it, I absolutely crushed him, and he said, um, "I like it. I want to play it again." I'll do something different. He, he got the last round and he said, I can't play any of my four cards left in my hand at all. That's going to help me. So he said, I fold. I'm going to the bar and get another, another round of beers. <laughs> I was like, okay, you do that. That's <laughs> uh, good. But uh, beer and bread's good. Probably my favourite two-player game, without a doubt. Um, and uh, I'm looking forward to... Teaching slash playing scholars, four player on Wednesday night. You know what? I just remembered what our previous topic was because it was my idea. It was the games that we talked about that we wanted to play over the next month. Well, there which you go. We, it has been a month and none of us have probably played any of them. I don't, well, think, I bought, I don't know what they were. I bought the ones that I'd been waiting on. I don't, I haven't, it's basically my first board game, real, real board game purchase from a store this year. So I bought Ready Set Bet, I bought um, Bad Company, and um, Splendor has been getting a little bit of a resurgence in our, um, mostly mm. with my game group at work, but it's also come home. So I picked up Splendor Jewel, thinking that my wife and I might like the two-player version. So uh, yeah, Ready set, Ready set Bet, and no, they're they're, they're on their way. So, uh, but Ready Set Bet and uh, Bad Company were the two that I was looking forward to playing. So I'm going to solve that problem in the next few weeks, hopefully. Very good. Two good games. All right. Well, uh, let's wrap up on this at uh, one hour and nine minutes in the first episode of season two of the board game Chinwang. Uh, I think it's been a fun evening. It's been good to catch up with you all. I've enjoyed it. Me too. So I'm taking offers on that um, Darwin's journey for you guys if you want to message me privately. You you message me personally. (laughs) I'll I'll see you tomorrow, DJ. Yeah. <laughs> although, although, like, I'm happy to forego that and go that the Taji, you got Taji. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, yeah I'll, I'll take I'll take Taji. Yeah, right. Two player game. I remember love that one too. So. Very good. 
Um, and quick shout out, Shane, before we go, because we probably won't do another episode. We definitely won't release another episode before we have BrizzCon. So. Yeah, BrizzCon will probably be about a month after before this podcast gets yeah. released. I'll see how yeah. I go. I'll try and see if I can get two up a week. So this comes out just before BrizzCon. Nice. But now BrizzCon is going to be awesome. Uh, we can't wait. We, you know, we've put so much effort into it. We've sold our tickets a month beforehand, which is a nice relief for me and Dave. Um, we've got awesome presenters coming off. We've got Martin Wallace who's going to be there for the, you know, teaching new games. We've sorry, Steve. Oh, I got Steve's rocking in his chair. Oh, I got an interesting like, story about uh, Martin Wallace that I'll, I, that I'll, that I'll let you finish. I'll tell you. I'll tell you. But we've got Martin. We've got we've got all the other you know people coming along to play test and teach new games. We've got scholars on show that Grant's going to be um, teaching everyone how to play. And me and Dave are just going to be wandering around, having some fun. I've got Lauren and Max are going to sell drinks nice. in the canteen. Right? They're going to come along and help us out. Um, cool. So, um, and for those that are the VIG gamers, wait till you see what board games you're getting in your goodie bag. Some pretty good shit in there. Like what? Now, what's the situation with people? <laughs> you will have to wait and see, G Money, oh. and you're not getting. I'm not getting anything, am I? No, I got no. coal. Oh, you got you got you got shit. Mate. Yeah. <laughs> There's a dog turd in here. <laughs> Sorry, Helen. Oh no, I was just going to say, what happens? Is there anything of where people can say, "Oh, we can't come anymore," and what do they do? Yeah, we've got a waiting list. Um, and that waiting list is uh, growing every day. But um, if anyone can't make the day, they need to cancel reach out to us and uh, that way we'll release those tickets for someone on the waiting list. We will potentially let a few into the game day on the day um, so they can play some games. Um, but, uh, we are we are a sold out event, which is awesome. Amazing. Absolutely awesome. And uh, But we can't wait to entertain many people. VR distributions and Catan, uh, Yellow, all of those companies that supported us with free games. And we can't thank you enough. So, And thanks to Britta at VR. Britta's a legend. And Tim. Good awesome. peeps. Good peeps. All right. Well, thank you all good peeps. Thanks for your evening and your um, funny stories about selling board games. I've appreciated our time together. Hope to see you all soon. Bye, guys. Okay, thanks. Bye. Bye. Bye.